Now we'll see a little bit over the side. Yeah, of course, but real cut, I was just playing first, because, you know, then I have to start at the real beginning. Um, so I was scheduled to do um, a performative talk, and sometimes it's really hard to give a performative talk. Because um, what does it mean? But, so I, I, I figured I would start with a performative element, which is this um, thing that I developed. Um, that you just saw, and it's also here. And then I'll kind of talk about why I made it this way. So, first, I want to thank you all for being here, and I want to thank Cast, and I want to thank the whole crew of Technical Magic, because I've already had a lot of fun experiencing this whole jet lag uh, event. Right? Yeah, because I come from the Netherlands. Um, my name is Rosa. Uh, I live in Amsterdam, flew over yesterday, I arrived here, I think. It's like hard to get grasp the days, anyway. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I'm doing, I, this is uh, a work, um, I just, this is a work that's actually been now uh, in work in progress, I would say, for eight months, so this is the first time that I released it. Um, now it looks very different, as you just saw when I performed it. Um, I don't know, it's really hard to talk and everybody has been drinking and we're having like a really different vibe than you would give a real talk, so I think I just like... Um, one thing that I do is, I'm, I'm not just a performer. Uh, actually, I, um, I'm a theorist, I come from theory background, so I, uh, I write about a glitch. A glitch is technologically just to break the flow of the system, something you don't expect. But then, as an artist practice, I think we really deviate from that and we use that in a more metaphorical way. So it's really about your flow of expectations, it's where the magic happens, no? So, um, for me, glitch art is really about using uh, conventions and expectations in a way to kind of um, bring your own ways of expectations to, or the audience's expectations to the service. So, am I supposed to perform a video game? Or was it a video game? Or was it, you know, am I DJing right here? Those questions kind of like get triggered by doing something stupid uh, with a controller just now. Um, you can read about that. Uh, I wrote a little, um, they call it a notebook. I brought some, they're there. They're free. And now it's great. Uh, actually, you don't have to thank me, you have to thank the Institute of Network Cultures and Kirk Loving. They, um, they help me publish it, and it's all for free. Um, so, if you ever want to read about that, that's cool. Um, yeah, so this is performance. This is stuff that I do. Sometimes I try to talk about what I do. Sometimes, kind of like, if that side you do it. Um, what I do want to tell you about is um, something I organize. which is called GLI.tc slash H, Glitch Festival. Started in Chicago when I was uh, teaching in the School of Arts there, um, Art Institute of Chicago. Um, what we do is uh, annually we get people together and um, we share each other not just glitches but ways to kind of use um, 
technologies on their liminalities. So what is inside and what's outside the technological flow? How are you supposed to use it? How can we misuse it? Where can we push it? And um, then we go and all sit together and yeah, we um, try to teach each other what is not done. So really kind of what Florian was talking about earlier, really um, the magical, well it depends on which uh, magical way of spelling you say, but okay. Um, I had so many notes. I really like that we're all together and we're kind of building on each other in these talks. But then, um, yeah, okay. Um, so for me, what is uh, glitch and uh, glitch studies? It's really just a, a study of change. It's when you start to see a technology that you always saw one way, and suddenly you kind of like get to know technology and you get to understand that it can be something completely else. You know, there are so many technologies such as text edit that we can like write in. The text edit is so much more. And um, what I've really learned in the last few years, I think, is that everything on your computer, you don't need to like build a very, because um, we, we were in a, a, the workshop this morning with um, Vice and Steven, which is uh, Daniel Vizviev and Julian Oliver, who were here just before. What we were learning is, um, Kind of that um, everything in this black box is very standardized and very conventional. It all is kind of using it in one way. And they taught us a little bit about how to use Linux and really going to like prompting stuff, writing this text. But I think um, to me, you know this is black box, right? But there's always ways to break it again and to get out of that black box. And so what I do is actually go, not from the Linux way, but really go inside of my system and try and see where I can kind of like take the protocols and kind of diffuse them and see where I can still make it function, just not the functional way, the normal way. So uh, I try to change any software and any hardware. Also don't make a difference between hardware and um, software or analog and digital and all those things. Kind of like just diffuse those lines and try and make something new and see where it changes. Um, for me, a lot of that has to do with language. I think it's um, not just digital literacy, but it's uh, about language as a protocol and what kind of protocol you put on your data. Because everything in your computer is basically, it's, in the end it comes down to maybe you can call it zeros or ones, I don't know, call it all kinds of things, but in the end it's kind of the protocol that you put on top of it and then you reinterpret it and then it can become anything. So there's a, there's a really, um, a big power actually to know what protocols you're using, what kind of pro programs maybe you're using, and uh, how that in interprets or translates the data that you're opening up, for instance, or writing. What I'm saying, basically, very simple, is that any kind of zero and one sequence can become anything if you open it the right way or the wrong way. You know, and, and Right and wrong is just a convention, kind of, of your own. So, everything in a computer, even if you're inside of your own system, is still very malleable. You can still make really a lot with anything. Um, this image is the Tower of Babel. It's where people just didn't know each other's language, so they started fighting. Um, another really favorite image of mine is um, George Louis Borges, uh, Library of Babel. There's so many overlaps. I really, I mean, um, Florian was also talking about another um, uh, text that Borges has written before. 
This is actually my favorite, and I always recommend you to read it. The story is that um, in the Library of Babel, you have all the books that could ever be written, um, that have um, 214, say, 214 pages of all character sets, so sequenced in any kind of way. So you can imagine that if you have 214 pages in all character sets, there is a lot of books in this library that, that are nothing like unreadable. There's always a couple of books that will have exactly what you're looking for. And there's one book that has everything that everybody's ever looking for. You know, can you imagine this, this library that has all these books? And there's, what are you going to do if you visit the Library of Babel that has all the books that can be ever written? And that's actually what um, he's talking about. There's a couple of people that are visiting this library. Some of them, they get really angry because there's so much crap. There's so much wrongly written data. And, there's, and, and they know that there's a couple of really well-written books that, that has the information that they want. So there's people that are really getting angry and there's people that are really happy there. But the people that are getting really angry, they're starting to burn the books. Because they just want to have the best book ever. And until they find the best book ever, they'll just keep burning stuff. So uh, this book is like, kind of like what we're doing in this black box. We're kind of like burning all the data sequences that don't make any sense until like we only keep the right protocols here, the right ways of hand, the, the conventional ways of reading this data. Way too complex. There were a couple of programmers who picked up on it and they started building softwares to really start to make compression um, art in life settings. So VJs that could start to decompress their videos live and then start matching it. And from that we also built Google, which is kind of just an automated glitch software. One. I can show you It's funny because I made an interface, I'm not an interface designer, so it's really crap interface. But sometimes it doesn't work. For instance, this is a BMP. BMP is just a bitmap image, so it organizes every <coughs> pixel linearly. And so if you put a little glitch in every value with the same glitch, You'll see that it will pitch out in a very specific way to the uh, file format. So this is kind of our like it becomes technological trickery, right? It's not that magical thing that we were talking about, uh, kind of magic as a trick or magic as a lifestyle. So let's see, as a lifestyle, I'd say it's believe that any kind of data that you have in your computer can be anything if you push it the right way, which is what I was really kind of hinting at. Um, just show you maybe yeah, one, one, one little trick, and I won't keep it too long because everybody just wants to drink. Um, this is today. This is us in a, a workshop by Daniel Julian. This is a file, it's a JPEG image as you can see, but now if you just open it up in like a text editor, here you can see all the data. So, this is a JPEG, and a JPEG has many, many, many steps, seven step compression. The BMP, as I said, is much easier, so what I could do now, for instance, is just save this file as a BMP. I'm gonna do this real quick, there. 
going to go and spider web. No, okay, again, like I said. Okay. <laughs> Works a little bit You can see it looks very different from what we just opened as a JPEG. But the nice thing about this is that because a JPEG is so linear, so linear organized, you see a lot of data, I can just take some stuff and push it. I don't know wherever I want to push it. Many times, probably not. And yep, there we go. So you see, like, it's so magical, and that just gives you like this really, really simple, really boring way of showing you how that you can do anything with your data if you use the. Um, the software is not in the way they're supposed to be used, for instance. Or if you just believe that even if you're not, because if you're not in Linux, you can still misuse a lot of things and really feel valuable and feel like you can actually push. But you have to learn, I feel like, you have to learn where your program ends and where your own way of programming or reprogramming the program kind of starts. So for me, this is kind of the fight that I always do. Um, see. Maybe that's a good end. I can talk about how it's really popular and stuff, but you'll find that out. Um.